Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. It's showtime! Birdman Hand Rub, welcome back to another episode of Showtime. I'm your host, Jason Madison, as always joined by my co-host, Bethany Anderson, Anthony Mays, and Gabby, top secret, Philip. Confidential. On that note, I want to ask you guys, based off our earlier conversation, do you guys have a favorite conspiracy theory? Mm. A favorite? Shit. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine. Just to, just to start it off. Okay. Uh, my, mine is... Uh, that Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing, the mm. fake moon landing. That's that good one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Way to keep it connected to, you know, TV <laughs> exactly. and movies like we talked yep, about. Yep. on brand. Uh-huh. That's right. I mean, technically over at Basketball Illuminati, I'm supposed to be getting my PhD <laughs> in conspiracy theories, basketball related especially. So I got plenty uh-huh. of those. But, and then this one, it's not even a conspiracy anymore because they straight up just announced that it's real but aliens like aliens are real guys UFO uh, real. yeah 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 all right gabby what, what's yours it has to be the dr sebi bill cosby nick cannon and any black person black man that dies was gonna buy nbc those right. are my favorite <laughs> <laughs> those are my favorites yeah. it's like as soon as something happens it's like i bet he's gonna buy nbc i right. love it Please say yeah. that about me when I die, guys. Like, yes. whatever, happens, <laughs> whatever happens to me, just say. Right. He's like, <laughs> he died in his sleep, but he was about to buy NBC. <laughs> <laughs> Natural causes. <laughs> yeah. um, I think my favorite is that Michael Jordan retired because he was gambling on the NBA. NBA yeah, I like yeah. that. That's a, good, that's a very fun conspiracy theory. Okay, yeah. Mike, um, you can play baseball. We'll let you play baseball. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, bet, on, yeah. bet on those 162 games. See how you do. Woo! Um, <laughs> See how that worked out for Pete Rose. Right. <laughs> Before we get into it, I was also thinking when Gabby, were, you were telling me or telling us about uh, the top secret uh, and being compromised. Uh, <laughs> have you guys seen the new Mission Impossible trailer? Dude. No, I haven't. No. Yeah. No. Tom Cruise, man. Um, now, Jason, you know you're supposed to drop it in the group chat. Come on now. I know. That was my yeah. bad. That was my bad. I, I, you know what? I figure everybody watches yeah. all things Tom Cruise. We're all uh, part of the Church of Scientology. No, not really. <laughs> but that's how ill Tom Cruise is. Like, he's made so many great movies. He made his own church, and people actually go there. I haven't seen the trailer for the new Mission Impossible. I've been 
following the Maverick. I'm I'm really ready for Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yeah, when yeah. this episode is out, Top Gun is out. Oh, yeah. I'm going. I'm going. This like, weekend. I'm leave. I'm going. Like my daughter's gonna be home, and I'm just gonna walk out and just be like, <laughs> like, where you going? I'm like to the movies. Have a, yeah. Have a good afternoon with your grandmother because I'm out. <laughs> You gonna so you're gonna pull a van, okay? I am. Yes, I am most definitely gonna pull a van. Terrell. Yo, okay. We have to get into this episode of Atlanta because uh, may we? we I, yeah, we do. Okay, we, look. We must. It's very important for us to talk yes, about this yes. week's Atlanta. We oui, we oui, baguettes baguettes we oui, we oui. yes yes oh, so we we there's another meeting right right <laughs> bon, bon appetit <laughs> yo so okay this episode starts off and of course I immediately think about you Jason we have three black women sitting at a cafe in Paris. So before we like jump into it, I want to know how did you feel about this episode and how they represented black women, Jason? Because I know yeah. that's been like a huge concern. Look I at like Jason's hands right now. He has his hands clasped very tightly in front of his face like this. <laughs> it's very dramatic. Jason, what do you think? I definitely feel like Dr. Umar on steroids while I'm watching this show. Oh, my God. <laughs> because I just feel like the way our black queens are depicted, you know, like he would he would not be, you know, very receptive to any of these depictions. Uh, peeing on white men, uh, interacting, uh, th- throwing, being in possession of uh, meth and, you know, throwing that on white men's beds and watching them get naked and uh, eating black people's hands. Uh, you know, none of that would, would be under the you know prince of pan-africanism he would not approve <laughs> of, of i beg your pardon <laughs> yeah of <laughs> any of those activities yeah please cue in all the the um dr umar phrases in that <laughs> segment right there look, so yeah. look we had we had three black women we had candace who was flown who got flewed out to pee okay. for six thousand dollars we had shanice and we had zosha zosha the actress who plays Zosha is actually Lakeith Stanfield's uh, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, but they have I a child together. St- yeah, I think they're okay. still a thing. And her uh, real name yeah. is Zosha. Zosha. Now let me a- let now let me ask y'all. I mean, <laughs> is six thousand dollars enough to get flown to Paris and pee on somebody? If the expenses are included, uh, le ticket pour le plane, oui, oui, je ferai ça. Because the, because. But, Okay, let me just add a secondary part to that. Because I felt when I watched the show, I it reminded me of the stories I hear about girls in Dubai. You know? Exactly. <laughs> right. So listen, my boyfriend and I literally had this conversation. I promise you, if somebody right now was like, I will pay you five, six, seven thousand dollars to defecate and or piss on me the way I'm hopping my ass on a flight. <laughs> I'm eating all the Taco Bell I can find. Oh my God! I'm gonna, I'm gonna do like her. I'm gonna drink me not not Gatorade. No, that that's for amateurs. I'm gonna drink some liquid IV, some drip drop, the things that keep me properly hydrated. And the way, sorry <laughs> listeners, but the way I will piss for six thousand dollars. You understand? That's six thousand dollars I did not have the day before. Okay. For okay. something you were going to do already. You see, so you get have right. to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I was gonna uh, listen. I was gonna have to do this anyway. So if you trying to just Perfect. be, you know, a human porta potty, run me my money, and then right. I'm gonna go back home. I got, yeah, look, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, inflation is high, Jason. <laughs> I feel you, but again, the way the Dubai stories are kind of told, it's like there's an air of uh, fear, you know, amongst the, this situation where it's almost like um you know old girl from uh what's the uh players club you know i just came here to strip and it's like you know like there's kind of like that air of these agreements i feel like to it you know obviously in this show they played it like much neater and there was no uh threat of danger you know ever looming in that part of the story but i'm just saying like being offered that i would 
kind of have at least some second thought about. I guess maybe France is different from the Dubai and all but of the look, look, rules and regulations. There's, there's look, there's people who just have these kinks, and they're not putting anyone in danger. It's a consensual agreement, right? You know what I mean, right? But but what I hear about Dubai is that the women are getting paid to actually be messed on right and not right. the other way around uh, but, right. okay so it's a different yeah, right it's, it's, a huge different. difference yeah yeah that's, huge. that's huge difference. <laughs> as uh, as trump would say a huge difference okay <laughs> right <laughs> man but yeah I, there was still not a great redeemable black female character like in the episode i mean i guess what? The, the, well the lady like that played, the, got her yeah yeah off. The, yeah the, the lady that played uh the voice of reason the the Skinnier Candace. friend, I mean, yeah, Candace. I don't, no, not 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 her. She was the one so, that was Zosha, Zosha, yeah, Zosha, Zosha and shot and Shanice. Right, because yeah. it's like you got one girl that ends up peeing on the dude, one girl that flew out there to pee on the dude. Then you got Van. It's like, are any of these the the, the you know Tony Morrison? I don't know. Or or Jason or Jason <laughs> was Van kind of a placeholder for the whole idea about. The fact that black women get left out. I mean, we can go there. Every right. last so all of the main shows, mm-hmm. Van kind of is in a supporting role. But right. like I look at all of the anthology episodes of this season, right? They were all male focused. It was all about how men were affected, right? You think about yeah. three slaps. You yeah. had the little boy who was centered, that's male. You mm-hmm. had the reparations one, right? That was about a white man and his how he was affected by it. And then you had Trini to the bone, which you might think, okay, Sylvia is the main character, but really it was about the little boy and the mm-hmm. husband. And so Bash, there's that. Yeah. And then you had Ash, and then you had a uh, rich wigger, Poe wigger. Right. Or Poe wigger, which I don't know which way it went. Yeah. Um, no, I that you... was also male focused. So I yeah. think that this was, not that bad. No, no, no. Listen, I, I listen here. I'm making critics criticisms about the larger like depiction of black women, not the episode as a piece of entertainment and like in the story of the show. And that is part of another rant I have to go on later in regards to a comment. Oh, we're he's about the making show. appointments <laughs> for more rants in the future. Okay. <laughs> Um, (laughs) the show was good and i and i love the fact that we got a van episode and that we on this podcast predicted the van episode coming right so you know i was happy that it came what they showed us was entertaining as fuck all of the running around that she did and everything that took place in the episode was entertaining i loved it alexander skarsgård popping up was great we were trying to, there was the classic Atlanta episode. What is real? What is fake? What am I supposed to be believing? What am I not? They're throwing all this, you know, the classics at us. And then they give us the great post credit scene that was interesting that wrapped up another thing that we talked about and predicted. So, yeah, I don't want to come off like I'm super critical of the episode. I actually really enjoyed it and thought it was a great way to I, end I, the season. I get that. But I'm talking about the black women in particular because I yeah, honestly no, felt like... Weird. The, these women, these women, I, I feel like I know women like this. Like they're in another country, they want to have some cool, fun experiences, and they're just going with the flow. Where sometimes, sometimes we can't be depicted as like stuck up, and we're not open to new things. And right. you know what I mean? I really enjoyed like how Shanice and Zosha were like, "Let's, let's turn up, let's do something fun." And yeah. when they went to the party, and the lady asked him to stay. They're like, yeah, let's stay. Like, we want to do something fun. They invited us to, to be here. And even when they're at the dinner table, they're like, oh, we're putting these napkins over our head. Cool. Let's do it. This is some I fancy loved, shit. I loved, I loved that. their attitudes yeah. about everything. I love no, how I they did, just down too. for adventure. I no, wrote I, down I love mopeds. I wrote down the mopeds. Just yeah, the Vespas. around in mo- Vespas in Italy. Yeah. It just reminds me of the time I went to Key West on my own. And I got on one of those things, drunk as hell, and crashed all now, over the place. Now, wait a minute. And had an amazing <laughs> time. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I had an amazing time. If you don't know. Not Key crashed West, all over. Um, all over that place. <laughs> Key West has phenomenal, like, happy hours. Uh, we have many things to talk about. But first, I want to say that it was ridiculous to see Zazie Beats trying to be Amelie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on an acid trip. 
I am pretty glad that they shouted it out at the end. They said, oh, I saw Amelie, and it was in film très bien, and <laughs> I want to be like her. <laughs> but c'est complètement ridicule. It was a crazy episode, guys. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. I was thinking about you when I was watching this maze um, because remember last week we talked about you wasn't sure how there was going to be a resolution. Did you feel there was not. resolved? How about how about not? <laughs> there yeah, was exactly. no resolution. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. your resolution. <laughs> like they tied up the van thing, which I thought was really well done. And like you said, Jason, it was totally surreal, right? Like mm-hmm. she's she's only been doing this for a week but she's living the life of a french person who's been there yeah for yeah yeah forever no yeah she's in a she's in a magazine she has a full-fledged relationship right. she yeah. she, she walks up to it yeah she walks up to another guy who's super familiar with her hey you usually call or whatever the fuck he said and yep. so it was like we're supposed to believe she's been she's got the uh baguette that's been in her purse for yeah, six months like but she couldn't have been there any longer than 60 days and so right. it was just exactly so they they fucked with time on that <laughs> yeah. and i'm all for it you know like it kind of reminds there's actually this episode of um of marvelous mrs Maisel where they're in france for a little while and the dad is so in his element like he's down at the cafe talking with three elite intellectual european dudes about politics and it's just like he's been there so like i love that thing of just like I'm fully enmeshed with the environment and this is <laughs> where I'm supposed to be. So I, I don't mind all that, but it, <laughs> the scars guard, can we talk about scars guard? <laughs> this dude is living his best life. Yeah. He was just killing it in succession. He yep. was amazing. He has the Northman out right now where he got super jacked and just killed dudes for hours. <laughs> That's all he did. Mm-hmm. And now he's just showing up as an unhinged version of himself. Like it's an episode of Entourage. And he strips down to his animal print man thong. Yeah. And is trying to have a fo- He's about to have a foursome. Trying like They to. were all down. <laughs> they were all, yeah, they were all with it. There was not. And I'm, I'm not mad at it because the only answer you can get is no. It's yes or no, so I'm not mad at the attempt. I loved when he asked them again, like, you guys don't want me to just take my clothes off? You don't want to take your clothes off? Like, just. (laughs) And again, (laughs) black girls were like, I'd be down for that. Yeah, they were like, They were like, hey, why not? We out here. And then she spits in his face and he furiously masturbates (laughs) in the mirror. It was so good. That was great. That was perfect. I think he. Re- I think in a pretty loaded year of cameos, I think he stole it. Like he yeah. came yeah, in and no, just absolutely great. threw it down in this episode. Yeah, yeah whatever great. Liam Neeson th- thought he had going, he trumped that like all the way. So, so was he better than Kevin Samuels? <laughs> yes, no, I don't think so. I don't think so personally. Better than Chet Hanks. Better than Kevin Samuels. Yeah. So the Kevin Samuels for me was kind of spoiled because of Twitter. Um, Because I didn't see the episode until after it aired. So I was like, okay. But the fact that I I stayed off of Twitter, I was so busy that him popping up was just that, oh my God. And because people like Alexander Skarsgård are like so fine that you typically don't get to see them put into these ridiculous comedic roles. It kind of like, um, it's kind of like John Hamm. Right, like right. John yep. Hamm and Matt. Big Hamm. John Hamm energy. Yeah, it's like really, in Thirty Rock. Yes, it's, so it's like when you get to see like these kind of. Man, there were some moments in True Blood where there was some comedy, but it was really wasn't his character driven. So to see him kind of in this role, um, a little self deprecating role of the 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 celebrity who doesn't get to take himself so seriously. I loved it. I, it was, it was so good. He was like, Ashante. He was like, is she still with Nelly, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> was like, he was no. like, I love this song. What was he listening to? Rock with you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. on, on repeat <laughs> yeah. over and over again. I've been listening to the song all day. <laughs> yeah. That's no, weird. I, I, I did fuck with that, but I do feel like the only, just from an acting perspective, like, I feel like every kind of big actor has that in their bag. Like, the, I'm going to play a weird version of myself off kilter, you know, like this, you know, 
kind of Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder weird like I right. I can yeah. I can ham it up to things so it's like it it wasn't that surprising to me I enjoyed it thoroughly it's like a 99 on the enjoyment level um, but I I fucked with the Kevin Samuels role for what it was obviously partially because he passed and partially because I didn't know that he could act like so the surprise factor and the fact that he got that off in that right. nice window and I thought that was still the best episode of the season for me like I have to give him like the crown I mean him walking I don't even think we talked about it but him walking up to the black kid who got shot and saying that's the blackest thing you could do and then yeah. giving him the school check <laughs> like the, was great in his robe it was like the perfect I got on my bed and my robe for this like you know like yeah. moment so yeah no nah, he he was he sent really him delivered. to the good hospital yeah, yeah exactly he really delivered so here's the deal. Usually when I do these ad reads, um, I've never really tried the product until they became sponsors and then they give us samples and I try them and then I endorse them. Uh, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's fake. It's real. I've tried them and I like them, but it's not like I've ever used these things before they became sponsors. Today's a little different. Credit Karma. I'm telling you right now, I've used Credit Karma to fix my credit, to figure out what the problematic things are on my credit report was to pay those things off, uh, to get a loan in order to pay off some of those things, to apply for credit cards, to get credit cards I'll qualify for, to take care of them the right way, and then to make sure I level up. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. I've done this, ladies and gentlemen, and it absolutely works. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free, and best of all, it won't affect your credit scores and can save you money. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. I am talking to you as someone who has fixed his credit using Credit Karma before they ever paid me to do this stuff right now. That's right. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. But um, yeah, this was a crazy fucking episode, Maze. You're right. It was fucking crazy. Wait, before we move on to talk about this episode, we have to revisit... Uh-oh. Some of the remarks that we uh, discussed last episode. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. I need some more mezcal. <laughs> yep. Pour it up. I Pour don't know. It Is up. it going to be Sacrificio or Casamigo? I think it'll be Casamigos mezcal. Casamigos has a mezcal? Oh, Holy man. shit. Let me do the YouTube present. Yes, mm. it's Casamigos. Right now, yeah, right now she's showing us the, the dark skin bottle. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite opaque. Yeah. It is. It is not um, exotic presenting. It's quite dark. Oh so, quite shit! Dark. <laughs> so yeah, dark. so I just want to make a comment about that really quickly. Um, Can you give our listeners some context before yes, you go yeah. in? Okay, so um, I'm thankful we have listeners. You know, I'm thankful that people actually tune into this show and listen to what we have to say. Um, that makes me happy. That makes me excited. It makes me want to keep doing the show. Um, and I'm glad people have a response to it. And so somebody commented on some things that we said last episode. Um, one of them being, uh, us comparing Kendrick Lamar and Donald Glover. Uh, and so I just want to say, from the bottom of my heart if i can't share an opinion or compare artists then i don't want to talk to anybody you know like i feel like most of conversation is about bullshit like that and most entertaining conversation or what i want to talk to people about on a podcast or listen to a podcast is about do you like kd or lebron do you like this person or that person do you like this movie or that album like that's what i want to do if you want to listen to something else Go listen to murder podcasts or something else like, but that on here we gonna talk about entertainment. That's what we do, you know. And I'm not like some fanboy either. Like I'm from Los Angeles. I went to film school. I made videos with artists. I've done all of this shit. I'm not just some random 
guy on the internet talking about shit that I have no fucking clue about. Like, this is actually what I do for a living, for real. (laughs) So I feel like I should be allowed the grace to talk about things that I'm into and, and spend my life doing, you know? So, yeah, um, in terms of that, I'm going to compare Kendrick Lamar and Donald Glover. They're both geniuses. They can both be geniuses. And we can still ask you, who do you like, Jay-Z or Nas? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's nothing wrong with liking two people and somebody having a preference for something else. So oh, that's that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, in terms of everything else, uh, you know, I'm going to let Gabby speak for herself, but people have opinions. Like, let people have opinions. We're black people. We're talking about blackness. We can have opinions and thoughts the same way you would talk to somebody at your auntie's house or anywhere else. These are the conversations that people always have, and there's always going to be dissenting opinions. The whole point of having conversation is to hear what somebody else has to say, take that in, okay, you don't like it, then you can feel how you want to feel. But that person has their own experiences and they arrive to their own conclusion. They're not saying it with malice or trying to be harmful to people. Let them get it off. That's all I got to say. Okay. Hmm. All right. So, Gabby, uh, I'm going to give you the floor to, uh, you know, this listener had something to say about the comments made about Kendrick Lamar's wife you, I guess, use a term that she's exotic presenting, that she is not a black woman? Um, not sure if I said she wasn't black. I think that statement, actually I'm positive. Let me not say I think when I know that statement came from me not knowing, right? And so I'm saying she's exotic presenting, which was exactly what it is to me. So like we were kind of talking before the show, there's nowhere in the world that I can go and someone is gonna ask me, so, and what are you? They're gonna be like, she's black, it doesn't matter where I go. But there are some people who get to walk around with a smidge bit of ambiguity, a little Sazon perhaps, a little Harissa perhaps, a little Tajin perhaps. I don't have that, I have Lowry's. I have Lowry's and Trini Green seasoning everywhere I go. So when I say somebody is exotically presenting, I mean, they're. I look at Kendrick Lamar's wife and she's racially ambiguous. That's not a thing. That's not a knock on her. I still want her to do well. I hope that her and their babies are well and all that other stuff. There's nothing I feel the need to apologize for if the listener felt offended. Um, I would say I apologize, but then that would completely negate everything I just said. So I'm just going to say I didn't mean it with an intent to be malicious. She's racially ambiguous. She's exotic presenting to me. And uh, I drew the parallel because both Kendrick Lamar and Donald Glover have both through their works of art tried to navigate the space where they not only examine blackness, but both of them have advocated for their belief in blackness. I think very strongly about Donald Glover's This Is America video. Um, and I think very strongly about Kendrick Lamar's last two projects. This last one I felt was more introspective of him as a black man. But then I drew the parallel where it's like Dr. Umar said, you know, he said, <laughs> Dr. Umar, God bless him. When he talked about the fact that most of my critics, they're not married to black women. I don't know about Kendrick Lamar's ancestry DNA, nor his wife chosen life partner all i can simply say is she's ambiguous okay right the danny leah things right but and and it's an interesting conversation so interesting that this is what the show that we're talking about is about that's and that's kind of the whole thing about it that frustrated me as i reread the comment i'm like you're upset at me but the whole episode that we just discussed is about this very thing. And the fact that we're not having this conversation is not going to push it any further. People need to bit. people need to continue to have these conversations in the same way that the gay, lesbian, trans community started to bring their conversations to the forefront that people weren't having, that they were having behind closed doors, the same way that we had to have conversations to get us to this point about being black and, uh, you know, of African descent or 
wherever you're from, like all of this stuff needs to continue to evolve. So we have to have these discussions. And let's just be real. We're talking about two prominent men who really at the same time in space, both Kendrick and Donald are occupying so much of the discussion. They have both have art, albeit through different mediums out in the space that are driving conversation. Um, And they both have lighter skinned partners. One is white. The other is to be determined. And that's okay. Kendrick's uh, fiance or life partner partner. um, She is she has a black father and a biracial mother. God bless her. So here we go. This this is where we're at. And I think this comes from like kind of that larger discussion because outside of Dwayne Wade and Barack Obama, there are not too many prominent people at the forefront of, of culture, of our culture or our zeitgeist who are married to very visible, like without even blinking your eyes, what society would deem black women goes back to our discussion about Atlanta and how it explored blackness. Like, is it fair to assume someone isn't black because of their skin tone? No, but that's part of the discussion. We we haven't seen or we don't see regularly people of stature who are black men with darker skin, black women. That's where I'm at. I was just relieved the comments weren't about me or something I said. I felt (laughs) a real sense of relief. You didn't want to get canceled. Get canceled out here. I saw the paragraph of text. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And then uh, I read through it. I'm like, all right. I don't think I said any of those things. So I think we're all good to keep recording this show. (laughs) You you cannot cancel me. I am a house guest. And the way I will disappear off of all the social medias. Mm-mm, you can't me. Yeah, we're we're aware of your ability to disappear, right. Gabby, <laughs> and your connections to top secret interviews, and you know all kinds of stuff that we are not privy yeah, to. This podcast will self destruct in five seconds. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't worry about getting canceled again. Black people don't cancel other black people. It's an impossibility that. That's what Kendrick proved with his album, if anything. Also, uh, Donald Glover proves that with uh, casting Kevin Samuels. Uh, Maze, actually, mm. you are the only one who's in danger of getting canceled. So just <laughs> exactly. cover your ass. I got to tread very carefully, <laughs> yeah. especially when we're talking about Atlanta and all of its complex right. themes. <laughs> and just, Maze, a point of advice for you. Avoid the grits question. If someone asks grits, <laughs> sugar, or salt, just say that's not my ministry. Just say, you know, just just say I'm a cream of wheat guy myself. Have no opinion. Have no opinion, and you'll be just fine. <laughs> to be fair, I did get down on a good amount of cream of wheat as a child. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you West yes. Indian, Thanks, Maze? Are you West Indian? Are we family? I love to the bone. <laughs> I love that for you, Maze. I love that for you. Do you identify as crypto curious? If you've thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. Cryptocurrency might feel like a secret exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door. Whether you've been trading for years or just getting started, Coinbase can help. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M. Sign up at coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offers for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. 
ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture you are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. so sign up at butcherbox.com dings d-i-n-g-s and get our special deal ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional twenty dollars off you can choose salmon chicken breast or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Wait, sidebar, what did y'all think of the Juneteenth uh, Walmart oh. and <laughs> marketing the paper plates? It's the freedom for me. It's the freedom for me. Who made that? First of all, the fact that that ice cream wasn't butter pecan or pecan, right. as Boom, some of us like it. to say, it's where they fucked up. Because yeah. everyone knows that the adopted national Negro, a.k.a. nigga ice cream flavor, is butter pecan. <laughs> they completely the fucked up. Yeah. So they sure. they tried it. They tried it with the red velvet. I see where they were going. But right. you missed the mark. You missed sure. the mark. But they, but someone did say that there's like a, I guess like a black owned ice cream company and they, their yeah, most they popular one. flavor is a um, red velvet cheesecake. And so they like feel that Walmart completely copied this brand's flavor. Mm, but, but I'm going to ask but, who was the core audience of that black owned brand because white people be eating um, ice cream from black people. I'm saying, right, what oh my do God, the... we love ice cream. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to y'all and your genetics and not being lactose intolerant. Man, I am lactose intolerant like feel? a motherfucker. Yeah. It feels great. No dairy what a superpower. I love dairy products. You can drink whole milk, Mace. I was practically raised on that stuff. <laughs> wow, the superpower. The How superpower. do you think I got to be six foot six? Like, it's not an accident, Jason. White, listen, white privilege milk. is being able to have dairy whenever you want. Any time of day, that is white privilege amongst many that is, other things. I mean, it. I'm sure it is. I, I probably it. wouldn't put it in the top ten, but it's up there. <laughs> you better embrace it, my lactose king. We're we're jealous. <laughs> we're all jealous. I just want you to know that. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll think of you guys. We don't get sunburned though, so there's that. So yeah, yeah that's I'll, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll that's a nice it. trade off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll take. <laughs> that. All right. So back to this episode. So <laughs> the 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 title of this episode was uh, Dahare, Dahare. So did anyone Dahare. figure out what this was? What what what, is yes, that? what does that mean? Yes, it's about this 17th century French soldier, right? Who was known to be like this amazing soldier, but also there were rumors about this French soldier that he was a cannibalist. Cannibalist? Is that right? Cannibal. Cannibal. Oh, cannibal. Cannibal. Oh, shit. That he engaged in cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, so that makes the entire episode make sense because, you know, the ladies are sitting. Well, I wouldn't the- go that. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but it does. It yeah. does it does connect it a it little connects bit some more. things. Okay. So the yes. so the three ladies are sitting at the cafe. Candace, the main girl who is out there, you know, paid to pee. She sees Van yes. um across the way and she goes to, you know, holler at Van and Van is looking at her like, I have no idea who you are. Who is this? And I do not know who you are. And so they go on this mission with Van and they pull up to a Parisian hood. I don't know where <laughs> where they were at, but 
the moment that they were it out like there, Candyman. Yeah, that's what <laughs> right. she said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It did. And and so a lot of people kept yelling out Taure, Taure, so, Taure, Taure, <laughs> Either way. And yeah. so I was, yeah. So thank you for that, because now that makes sense. It's like, oh, she's showing up, you know, to collect. Yeah, that was like her gangster name. She had adopted a gangster name when she, uh, you know, moved over there to Paris, and some gangster sensibilities as well. But the only thing was like. She did all that for a hand. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much was that hand worth? The backstory is where that hand came from. That's what I want to know. No, yeah, I want to sure. know where. I, I want to like know where the hands well. were coming from. Yeah, it was sure. the hand crazy. is the hand you clearly obtained through a complicated series of favors, which is a very French thing. I mean, I understand if you don't <laughs> have familiarity with this, but when you're in France, you can trade goods and services for hands. You know, it's pretty common. It's like a hand but barter. A hand-to-hand deal. A hand-to-hand. A yes, hand-off. hand-to-hands yeah. today. A hand-off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did they not I taste love that it was hand? That thing looked beautifully fried. What does a hand taste like? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, you you don't think probably that you a would, bit gamey. Yeah, you don't think you would be able to taste like what human flesh tastes like. Was it deboned? Were there no bones in it? Like he wasn't he wasn't deboning it. That would be a whole situation. Right. He was like breaking the knuckles down. Cartilage. If you took the bone out, it wouldn't hold the shape at all because the the hand, hand is really held together by the hand. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I don't know if you hand. ever. So I don't know if you've ever tried to debone a drumstick. It doesn't go too well, dude. Yeah. You kind of need the bone in that situation. But I wanted to call attention to the fact that Candace, we've seen her before. I don't know if y'all remember the Champagne Poppy episode where they go yeah, to the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. She's the connect that gets Van in the car. That was also a Van solo episode, I believe. It was. So it's a return. Yeah. Pretty much. For Candace here. Yeah, this was and the then van I identity part I loved the van identity. Yep. That's that. <laughs> yeah, she definitely woke up with amnesia and <laughs> was trying to put her life back together. But I love the the little banter from from Zosha and Shanice. And they're like, is she going to carry that fucking baguette around like all day? <laughs> Maybe it's a security baguette. If she <laughs> loses it, she stops being French. <laughs> He said, she really ain't put this bread down once. And the other girl's like, I fucks with it now. Yeah, <laughs> I fucks with it now. Fucks that fucks was the best. Now. It grows on you. you I know? want a baguette now. I need a baguette. I need a baguette. Hopefully a fresh one. Yeah, not you one know, that's not, been. Not a stale boy. Yes. Yeah, oh, no, I need months. that six-month stale baguette. <laughs> you know, you got to understand. I got to keep a baguette on me. Go holla at Subway. Okay. Right. No, yeah. Jared. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh God! But yes, in terms of like, I thought the hand was really nicely coated and fried. It had a real golden brown crisp to it. They it looked like panko. It definitely looked like panko. Mm -hmm. They they put the shroud over their head like they're eating the ortolan in succession or in billions. You know that's to really lock in the flavor. That's so you don't want to lose any of the the juices and the aromas that come off of the hand because it is a delicacy so you want to enjoy it that's the only thing i would say about this that felt like (sighs) now i feel like this is a tv trope this like like you were saying with the ortolan thing they've done it on billions they did it on succession they're doing this i mean it felt like um a more serious semi-serious version of like the beetlejuice dinner you know um Hmm. Where the, it, I feel like they wanted it to feel really fresh, but I kind of saw exactly where it was going. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, I was a little like kind of let down by the fact that it was a hand, honestly. Um, yeah, I think it, it was lending to the surrealism and the absurdity of Van being in Europe and then ultimately ended up in Paris. Yeah. And like you said, like kind of just leaving it all behind. Like I, I'm with you. I'm like, we've seen this plot device before, but I yeah. think they used it just to continue that absurdity. I feel like, yeah, when they, when they write the show, it feels like they do it in Mad Libs. And that's kind of how, <laughs> like, that's when I get taken out of the show because I feel like this feels like a Mad Lib. Like, that's funny. 
<laughs> you know, like I think this episode was a more extreme version of that than pretty much any other one this season. Like, yeah, this was just this was literally like, what is the next craziest thing, thing. we can do? Yeah. No, I feel Let's like keep that, raising the, the stakes. Yeah, I feel like they did that a little. What bit in the white actor club. can we get to strip down to his undies? Yeah, you know exactly. And so, I mean the 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 cancel club that was more like, you know, that was a drug trip, right? Yeah, so yeah, I feel yeah. like that was a little more cohesive in that sense, yeah. right? They, like it starts off just completely ridiculous with her in that wig do, trying to do that accent shouts to Zazie Beats. She, um, she tried her damnedest and yeah, that wig did. that wig looks like that's the wig that she stole, stole. And got yeah. okay. it over yeah. which okay so this made me think about like the previous episodes that had the ensemble and all of the erratic or kind of like like we saw Van Zazie Beat's character, we saw Van kind of showing some signs that she was off like Absolutely. the entire time, right? Like the pushing the dude, the the staff in the pool, the stealing things, the I'm just showing up and the I'm going to kiss Earn in the hotel even though we're not a thing or we may be a thing. I'm like, she has been erratic in subtle ways this entire season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we needed this episode. And that's why we needed the pretty emotional bench conversation at the end when she yeah. finally drops the act. <laughs> so, B, I want to ask you about this because, you know, earlier on I said, I asked you in this season, you know, like, what what's it like when, when mom gets to go on vacation? Gets to wild out a little bit. And she needed this. So, so please take me inside the mind of Van on this situation. And the thing is, Gabrielle is also a mother, too. And we we have conversations about motherhood a lot. And sometimes, like, the life as the primary parent, we're both, you know, black single mothers. We're not with our partners, you know, our, our baby daddies. You know what I mean? And here we are. We have Van, who is confused as to who she is. She doesn't know who she is. She's Her whole identity is just being a mother and a provider and a a daughter, a, you know, ex-girlfriend, you know what I mean? Like she has so many other things that she, she has so many responsibilities, but at the same time, it's like, but who are you though? And honestly, I'm gonna be real. I've been asked that question. Like after I had my son and I went back to work, people would be like, oh, so what do you like to do for fun? I have no idea. I don't know what I like to do for fun because my day consists of making sure that my son is good and making sure, you know, everybody's eating and, you know, I'm the house manager, I'm a nurse, I'm a hairstylist. Like I do so many things. I have so many titles as a mother under this mother umbrella that Bethany, I don't know who she is anymore. So having a whole crisis, I get it. Like sometimes you just have a breaking point and you just want to like disappear, but you never get the opportunity to do that. I remember, <laughs> Gabby, I know you remember this too. Uh, I think it was 2016, I was exhausted. I had, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I have a toddler. I'm running the household with, you know, my, at the time, my boyfriend, uh, baby daddy. And um, I was so exhausted that I just wanted to take just a day to myself. And I told my dad how tired I was. So he was like, hey, I'm going to book you a hotel room on the strip, pick a place, and I'll pay for it so you can just have a break. And I picked a very, a nice hotel out here called the Vidara, beautiful, quiet, no casino, it's, you know, cause I'm out here in Vegas. So I needed somewhere quiet, peaceful. And when I tell you my boyfriend was really upset that I was leaving to take one day, not even 24 hours, literally you check into the hotel at three and you check out at 11. I didn't even get to have a peaceful hotel stay because it's like, you're a mom, you're supposed to be here doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, but what about me? Like if, I'm struggling to, like, I'm not happy. Why can't I just take a moment to clear my mind, get some rest, and just worry about myself for a second? Because if I don't do that, I'm not going to be a good mom. And so when Van is having this conversation on the bench and she's just like, yo, she was like, I could even feel that my daughter is looking at me like she knows that I'm not okay. She was like, I feel like a terrible mom. I feel like a shit mom. And I think 
all moms at some point in their motherhood lifetime have this feeling like I could be doing better. I really suck at this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who I am. Do you feel that way, Gabby? Like, have you ever had those moments where I'm like, "Ugh, I am fucking this shit up? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, and then that gets even more exacerbated by the fact that I get these things called orders. And orders are yeah. exactly as they sound. You're ordered to be somewhere and you have to be there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, not only do I face that in my normal day to day, um, you know, I face that when it's time to go to this training or, you know, they're like, hey, we're going to send you to Germany for two months to learn a new language, which everybody's like, that seems really cool, except for your baby's only seven months old, mm-hmm. right? And you've been breastfeeding this entire time. So now you have to stop breastfeeding, go to another country for two months to learn this language that, you know, the military wants you to learn. And then come back and you miss so much. So you most definitely have those moments. Um, And I think, like you said, that's why that bench scene kind of hit home. Because there are a lot of times where I'm like, am I doing enough? But conversely, there are times where I'm like, I am doing too much. And (laughs) Bethany knows that like, I will call her and be like, and I I tell my boyfriend this all the time. I tell my mom, I tell anyone who'll hear me. The most important thing to me in my life is my peace because there's so much of my life that I cannot control. I cannot control when I walk outside of my house, whether I'm in uniform or not, how people look at me. I cannot control what happens with my daughter. She may have a great day at school. She may have a bad day at school. I have to show up. It doesn't matter. My soldiers may have an issue. I have to show up. So those times where I can show up for myself, I'm always going to take that. And the times where I can't show up for myself, I have some in the tank. I have some fuel. Okay. But there, I can't ever describe when it happens. I don't know how often it happens, but I know when I'm running on fumes and I know I'm tired of it. And when I get to that place, I need to do exactly like what you said. Like right now I'm on leave until the middle of June. I took a whole month off of work and I said, I don't want to do anything but sit on my couch, binge watch TV and go where I want, when I want, however I want. Because it's a lot. Um, and you can just sort of feel like before anything else, they're always going to be like, well, how's your daughter? Or how, how are you <laughs> as a mom before anything else, before you show before up in the world, anything, anything yeah. else. And I noticed when I was going through the tweets about Atlanta and, and, and when uh, Van showed up, I didn't see anything about from the perspective of like, well, where's Lottie? It's always like, well, how could she leave Lottie? How could she leave Lottie? I'm like, well, where are the tweets that say, well, how could Earn leave Lottie? Where are the tweets that are like, who's watching? Like, how come Earn doesn't do this? It was like, as soon as Van showed up on our screens, it's like, that's when we're concerned about where Lottie is. And now we're concerned about why she's so far away from her kid. And now we're concerned about this child's welfare. Ask the damn pappy that. Ask Ernie. Because <laughs> well, why does well, Ernie get to pop up and go to Europe? Right. So I was going to mention that, um, you know, obviously we get to the end of the episode and Ern has a very, <laughs> it's not interesting. It's not an interesting character arc at all in this season. And I just wonder how Donald Glover reconciled that in the writing process literally he made no mistakes throughout the whole season like mm-hmm. everything he does is right he's making sure paperboy has his masters he's looking for his phone he's making sure all the shows are set up like there's no conflict between his with his character at all in the season he's telling paperboy how to handle the esco situation like he's just the good guy who's just there to help his cousin out and go make some money for his kid and clean his act up. And it's just like, so he didn't, he doesn't do nothing wrong anymore. Like Mm. I thought that was interesting, you know? And then obviously Van is on the other end where she, everything she does is fucked up. Like literally every single action that she does is like foul. It's like, so like, again, this plays back into the (laughs) black women, like I thing with him, but I also understand the story that he was trying to tell with Van, which is like, a very needed story based off of the, you know, examples that you guys gave from your own lives, that bench conversation 
almost makes up for all the bullshit that he makes her do throughout the season um, and explains her state of mind. And, you know, I guess she's like in this dissociative uh, disorder yeah. that she's right. you know expressing. So I get it. And it's um, a very creative way to show uh, something that's serious in life. But, yeah, I thought it juxtaposed with Earn's kind of like goody two shoes thing was interesting. Mm. Well, let's. Let's pocket that for a second, because I th- I think that's that's definitely relevant, and I want to come back to it. But first, is it fair that they did ninety five percent surreality and one scene of honest character <laughs> work? Like, mm. does it make up for it? I don't think it quite does. No, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I agree. The, it doesn't. Yeah, the the French acid trip that she went on is essentially all a metaphor for like how she feels inside her head okay like i i i get it because i enjoyed the episode um but the earn part that i want to concentrate on is we jumped into this third season we have no idea how long it's been paperboy is instantly successful earn is instantly competent like all of that has been fast tracked and this is one of the few like the paperboy episode wh- where he eats the nepalese dream cake or space cake that was his character episode this was van's character episode we haven't like Ern hasn't even had a plot line like let alone show any nuance or like fuck up at all like he hasn't had a story <laughs> so it's it's a very strange. That's what I'm saying. How, how could they go for a whole season without having anything? Having because to do? there's another season in the fall. There's another yeah. season coming, but I mean, see the episode, the second episode when Ern wakes up, he's laying beside some chick he doesn't know, probably doesn't speak English or whatever. His battery dies, and I was thinking like, oh shit, this is about to be chaotic when it comes to Ern, and then nothing happened. <laughs> There was so, no chaos. He yeah. was just—he was the train conductor the whole time. He's just sitting there, like up. But I think, as confusing as that is to us, it's equally confusing to Van because he's instantly become a success overnight. She's left at home with the right. kid. He's gone, and that adds to everything that she's experiencing that B and Gabby both spoke about so eloquently is like her identity is fucked. Like she's a mom and like that might be it. And so she's, you know, she's reckoning with that. She no longer has Ern's failures to boost her own ego or to. She had the upper hand on him for most of the first two seasons. Right. She no longer has that as a, uh, as a way to comfort herself through exactly her crutch it's, it's no and longer it, a crutch and I'm, I'm thinking like i wonder if yeah earn having kind of a subdued presence and an error-free presence this season was a way to kind of make van's story right that much more understandable because it's like yeah here i am like I've been on your ass for the last couple of years about providing, about getting your shit together, and now that your shit's together, now what? What else do I have to fall back on? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Woo! Um. That's very <laughs> real. That's a very real thing that happens. It's like you have some moms who go through things like that, and they may have had a shitty partner. I know that. My ex, I don't like to use the word husband. I'll say my ex-legal partner. There you go. Mm. My ex-legal partner. See, because here's the thing. for Is that declassified, Gabby? No, (laughs) it's very much declassified. But here's a pro tip for you guys and the listeners. In order to be in a marriage, you have to have both a wife and a husband. When there's no husband, then it's not a marriage. Therefore, it's an ex-legal partner. Mm-hmm. So, so, me, so my ex legal partner. I I know there are people who do that, right? Like, 
you know, and rather than focus on where your own insecurities are, it can be very easy to be like, well, my baby daddy ain't shit. My ex-husband mm-hmm. ain't shit. And, and you put all that focus and the guise is I'm doing all of that to make you a better person for our child. And I felt like that's kind of where her focus was because she was so up in that. But that's not really when that gets taken away. It's like, OK, now what? Yeah. When he becomes shit. You're right. Now, 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 what do you do? Now, what right. do you do? It's tough. You yeah. apparently get a really horrendous synthetic wig and you run around Paris. <laughs> and you, <laughs> and you uh, do a really, you know, shit take on Amelia and, you know, you star in the van identity. Hey, hold it right there. I know this conversation is great. However, we will resume this conversation next week here on Showtime.